0: this week in HPC by Intersect 360 research the most unusual SC conference since last year SC 21 general chair Bronisław Supinski joins me This week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, and I'm really excited to be joined today by Bronis Dysipinski, who's the CTO of Livermore Computing in Lawrence Livermore National Labs, but germane to this discussion, also the general chair for the upcoming SC21 conference. Bronis, thanks very much for joining me. I know you're really busy in the weeks ahead of the conference coming up. What a job that you signed up for.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, been a different job than what I expected when I signed up for it. But fortunately, uh, my real job actually has given me a lot of uh, insight in how to deal with the uncertainty and uh, risk management, which has been a lot of what we've been doing uncertainty
0: and risk management has certainly been the name of the game. And, and you joked that this has been the, the most unusual conference since last year. I think you hit it right on the head. We've been dealing with the, the effects of the pandemic now for about a year and a half. And uh, SC20, of course, which had been planned in person, all of a sudden went virtual. And uh, and the the uh, the committee did a very good job delivering that conference. And then it's been nothing but uncertainty since then. And we're looking forward to to going forward with what's become a hybrid event, both uh, in-person uh, and virtual, and uh, and I know that you've had some challenges around that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's, by August, we were here meeting in St. Louis. I'm, I'm actually in St. Louis right now, um, and things look, Pretty good up until right when we were coming here, and then people started worrying about the Delta variant, and then everybody started thinking, "Oh, you can't possibly meet." But um, you know, actually, from what we could see in all the data, it looked like it would be a pretty reasonable thing to go forward, and so uh, we stayed on track for that. We're we're in, you know, we're we're in good shape to to have uh, an in-person component to the meeting. Uh, We're not going to have the 14,000 people that they had at SC19, but I think we'll have a pretty good size crowd um, that will make it so it's worth being here. It's going to be a, a real community event.
0: Well, and we'll talk more about that. I, for, my, for myself, I'm I'm definitely going to be there, I'm, and, and I'm excited to go. But let's start talking about first, you know, I think so much of the conversation has been around what's virtual and what's in person. Let's talk about some of the exciting content that we have coming up, because I think that's a, a big reason to get excited about supercomputing, regardless of how you participate in it, starting with a really interesting keynote with uh, Vince Cerf talking about computing computing the humanities
1: yeah so so i mean i think almost all of um the usual sc attendees are are will be familiar with with vince work um but they'll th- they'll be thinking of him as the the man who invented the internet uh who really invented the internet uh and, and i think of him as, <laughs> as kind of the originator of tcpip and with, without that we wouldn't have um the kinds of systems that that we've been building for the last over you know 25 years um, but uh, I, I won't say he won't mention that at all because um, I don't know he might uh, but that's not what he's going to focus on he's he's been doing a lot of work at understanding how to apply uh, large-scale computing to understanding uh, things like the works of Shakespeare, and so he'll talk about things like that, and it, it really gets at at kind of one of the things that that we're we're very excited about, which is computing. Large scale computing is becoming um, so powerful and so pervasive that it's really impacting our lives in in, in all kinds of ways. Uh, we're all familiar with with the impact on science, and then the impact that that science can have on our lives. Um, for instance, all of the work on, on, on COVID, understanding COVID and, and how we can really overcome the pandemic. Um, but that's still kind of more in the, the science range. There's actually been a lot of work that, that has taken it um, further, started to look at different things like, um, you know, if if you want to do art. Restoration of paintings. How how do you really have the best understanding of what the painting originally looked like? Well, that's a pretty complex modeling problem. Um, And so you can apply large scale computing to it.
0: Uh, It's a really good point. You're saying I'm going to restore it. Restore it to what? We don't have a lot of eyewitnesses around for what color something uh, used to be. And it really fascinates me, as you were saying, as we get to these higher levels of computing, the scope of interesting problems we're able to address that that just haven't been part of the conversation before. And a lot of that also gets enabled by large-scale artificial intelligence, which, of course, will be another major theme for the conference this year. I'm really interested in the fact that we're talking about not only what HPC and AI can do, but also what it should do. There's a a Monday plenary talk under Science and Beyond on the intersection of ethics and HPC that Dan Reed is going to moderate.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really exciting panel that we have. We have some really great panelists. All All of the panelists and Dan will be there in person, um, really going into um, issues that that I think people are are becoming more and more familiar with, which is you know how ethics should inform things like large scale AI and and science in, in general. But we're also hoping and, and expecting them to explore kind of the the other direction of, of you know how can you take the the power of large scale computing and help you to 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 behave more ethically to understand ethical implications of things that maybe um there's bias in your data and can you uh, use the the power of computing to identify those things so it's a nice interplay back and forth between the two I
0: think it's a fascinating conversation and it's one that I look forward to picking up with people that I meet at the show but before we start talking about that and the community event of it, I I think the other major topic that that is going to be on a lot of people's mind or at least on my mind, and it's it's a hard one to talk about in advance, but you were just talking, Bronis, about large-scale computing. We are talking about big-scale AI. Here we are really at the dawn of the exascale era. We just had exascale day on October 18th, and we've got the new top 500 list coming out. We know that installation of Frontier has begun at Oak Ridge National Labs, and I think there are going to be a lot of eyes on the top 500 list wondering whether there's going to be some kind of announcement out of uh, Oak Ridge with regard to Frontier. I know you can't uh, tip your hand on any news around that. You probably don't even know at this point, but but I'll tell you what, I, I know it's going to be an interesting announcement either way.
1: Yeah, well so the the uh press conference on the top 500 and other aspects of ST21 will still will be held in person. We'll actually be live streaming that uh at at 12:15 local time, so 12:15 US Central Time. Um and so you can find out all the details about how the you know, top systems have sh- shaken out on on the top 500. Gone in here, um, Jack DanGara will be present uh, at you know running the, his part of the news conference. Um, he's the keynote and plenary chair, also. Right. So he, he's he's had a big role. Um, Jack and I are good friends. We've we've I've known him for over 20 years. He's uh, an outstanding mentor, and I'm I'm quite happy to have his. Uh, Advice on how how to do some things like this, uh, but he'll he'll be revealing the, the the final ways things shake out for Frontier. Um, it is definitely in the process of being installed, so so there is a good chance that something will come out of it. Um, in fact, I do know that um, HPE they they released a, a statement earlier this week on Exascale Day that they'll be exhibiting in person, and I think they'll probably have a few things in there. Um, Booth talking about um, what Frontier looks like, what what the architecture is like. Um, so you can learn a lot, lot about it by coming in in person and and going there. You know, and that, that kind of gets at, at one of the differences. You can um, see most of the talks and and most of the content of the technical program uh, remotely, but it's hard to you know get that deep conversation with, with uh, a wide range of exhibitors um, that you can have by being able to wander the exhibit floor. Uh, I know that AMD is gonna have a, a, a frontier node in their exhibit. So, you know, there's, there's a, a number of things that are gonna happen in the exhibits and stuff that um, we're, we're, we're trying to find ways to be able to bring them to people who are remote, but it's still not the same as having the conversation yourself. Uh, one of the ways that we'll be bringing uh, some some of this content to to remote attendees is we we have something we're calling SC Twenty One TV. Uh, Rich Finlinson has been uh, already doing some pre conference videos that that we've released, uh, but but we'll actually have a a, a pretty uh, steady stream of of just news items and and interest stories coming from. Uh, the convention center
0: well boy i completely agree with you with regard to the benefits of attending in person now you know obviously not everyone can attend in person and last year was it was entirely virtual i was glad you mentioned u.s central time and things taking place there i last year, one of the things I maybe should have anticipated but didn't at that time earlier in the age of virtual conferences was how important it would have, it was for me to just set my expectation that I was living on Eastern time during the conference I, I instead of my normal Pacific time base as if I were there attending, that I get more out of it by at least virtually being on the same schedule as the conference. Uh, that that was uh, important to me last year now this year and, and I would recommend that to anybody who's attending virtually you know do your best to 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 do what you can to get involved with what's going on in the time frame that it's going on because if I tell myself oh i'll catch up on all this later there's so much content that it's it's difficult for me to do that but beyond that this year i i'm going to be there in person it's it's a community event it's about community i'm excited to be back part of this community again and we've been at as analysts advising our clients that this year more than any year it's important to to go represent presence as part of that community this is going to be a real statement about um, who finds this to be really important to be there in person with our people? And I'll say for me, often the most important conversations I have over the course of an event like this are the unplanned hallway conversations with someone I bumped into and start catching up with. And that winds up being one of the most important uh, conversations I had the whole week.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. You're exactly right. It's those, um, unplanned unanticipated conversations that, that where you really get the most benefit out, out of large meeting well we'll have we'll be live streaming a bunch of things and, and you're exactly right that that being in the time zone that 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 stuff is occurring will be will be beneficial um, where we have the the QA will all be through uh, our, our virtual platform through the sc21 hub So whether you're in person or remote, you can submit a question and have have it get upvoted and have the uh, session chair, session moderator uh, pose your question and get it answered. If you're not there, uh, if you're not present at the time that the talk is going on, then your question won't won't go to the, the presenter at that point.
0: Yeah, it's it's absolutely right. If you want to be part of the community conversation, you got to be there and and really showing up with intention. Now, Bronis, one of the things people tend to look forward to with FC is the technical program, which always is full of a lot of great content, but you've also got some announcements about how to make that more accessible to a broader community.
1: Yeah, so so we've been doing a lot of things to improve inclusivity at at the conference. It's been it's been a long term goal um, for for the conference in general. This year we're adding a SIG HPC CARES committee, which is, is a way to, you know, if, if something occurs at the conference that's uh, problematic, it, it's a, an independent group that, that somebody can bring that issue to. And it reflects our, our awareness that um, inclusion and representation are important to, to us to have the diversity of ideas that really Makes the the areas as successful as possible that that we get the the most you know that that we advance the field as best as possible. We also have a number of invited talks. We have a wide range of speakers uh, from industry, academia, from national labs, uh, from the U.S., from Asia, from you know all around the world diversity in a lot of different ways, but also in diversity in a number of different and interesting topics. And, and I, I think those the invited speaker slate that we have is one of the best ever. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And one final thing that I'll note is that we, of course, again, have uh, the uh, talks on the Gordon Bell finalists. And we have a, a set of talks on on finalists for the Gordon Bell a special prize for HPC-based COVID-19 uh, research. And I don't even know what those talks are going to be yet because uh, the, those finalists haven't been selected. They won't be selected for about another week and a half. Um, but but we'll have those talks as well. And I, So I don't know how many we'll have. I, I've spoken with Mark Parsons, who's the chair of the Gordon Bell Committee, and he, he will actually be in St. Louis. So it's possible to come from... Uh, he's in in uh, Edinburgh, so it's possible to come from the UK, from Europe, to the US and attend the conference. Um, these things do work.
0: Now, this won't be the first in-person conference that I've gotten to attend in the HPC world since the resumption of some activities uh, Mm -hmm. here uh, since I've been vaccinated. A few weeks ago I was in Boston and at BioIT World, which is not as large an event as supercomputing and and certainly was not as large as BioIT World has been but there were some similarities in terms of uh, how we show proof of vaccination and and what app to use and then people were still wearing masks once in Inside, There was an exhibit floor. Um, to me, uh, you know, this is for me. This is personally. But once I was in, it it felt oddly normal and good to be back with people again. And for me, it felt safe. Now, that's not a decision I'm going to make for everybody. It's a personal decision. Sometimes an organizational decision. Sometimes there's international travel restrictions or considerations that are that are beyond. But but for me, when I look at it, it felt pretty good. BioIT World felt good. I'm looking forward to supercomputing. As as general chair, you know, was the committee looking at other conferences? going before you that were doing hybrid events was that uh, helpful in terms of looking how you how you might put this together
1: so yeah I mean we've looked at a lot of different conferences we, we were uh, surveying the space understanding you know what what a reasonable uh, expectation is in terms of what our attendance might be what what we could handle in a safe and healthy manner um, you know, but but there there have been a lot of other conferences already. Um, for instance, as I said, I'm here in St. Louis. I was here two weeks ago for for a planning meeting, and um, they over at the America Center they they had a, a, another conference there on GEOINT. and um, they ended up with about 3,800 4,000 people at it. Right. So as far as I know, it was a safe and Successful event. They had exhibitors. They had, you know, technical sessions. A whole whole <coughs> ball game with, you know, people being vaccinated, people having masks. Um, if if you, you know, if if you follow the rules, if you, if you act safely, you can meet safely. Um, I I've been to, well, I haven't been to a big conference yet. I'm I'm really looking forward to this in November. Because uh, it's back, it, for me, I feel like it's time to get back to, to something approaching normal. Uh, but we, you know, things are a little bit different. Uh, and I think we can can all work with that. And, and as you said, you know, I mean, not everybody's situation is, is the same. I, I'm fortunate I don't have somebody, I'm not immunocompromised. I don't live with somebody who's immunocompromised. I, I can certainly understand that some people have situations that make it so um, the the risk compared to the benefit, isn't worth it for them to go in person. But I think a lot of people have, have reached a point where, uh, well, I, I hear a lot of different viewpoints. I hear a lot of people feeling that they've reached the point that that they're just you know, dying to get out and, and meet with people again. And and when they do, they, they're surprised, like you were, about how comfortable they were with it once they got into it. Um, but then there's, a, I think, a no, number of other people that are that are hesitant to because it's become so normal to be just sitting in our homes 24-7, you know? Well, so everyone's going
0: to have to make their own personal decision about exposure, and I'm not going to make that decision for anybody else. Clearly, attendance is going to be down, but then the other evaluation then is, is it worth it for me to go? And, you know, here's where... I can say something a little more emphatic, both for me and and I think for other people, which is uh, this is a community event and I'm going to go. I think this is a really worthwhile thing for me to do as a member of the high performance computing community. And it's been a bit of a head scratcher for me to, you know, is there's been a lot of scuttlebutt around, well, who's going to go? It's like you're trying to throw a party and you've invited people and everyone's saying, well, who else is going to be there? I want to know who else is going to be there before (laughs) I know whether... I'm going to go is any is anyone cool going to be there now maybe I'm not cool enough to be a draw but, you know, I've been invited and I'm going to come and I, I think it's important to go. Now, it's certainly not the attendance will be down. But a few things to say about that. One is attendance is different from exhibition. You know, just because someone doesn't have a booth doesn't mean that the organization isn't going to have people there who who aren't important or, or people I'm going to want to see. Right. And then, you know, I think organizations, many of them will be sending fewer people, uh, a company that might send 100 people in, in a normal year, might send 20 or 30, uh, but they might be the 20 or 30 who I really want to meet with, right? So, uh, you know, for me, it's going to be definitely worthwhile to be there. If you're not going to be there, I still want to see you at some point, and hopefully we'll we'll schedule a catch-up meeting. But, you know, <laughs> for us as industry analysts, this is an important event, and, uh, uh, and I just, you know, the virtual events have been nice, but they're not a complete replacement for the community immunity that we get from being there in person.
1: No, and they, they never will be. I mean, I, I envision us making many improvements in, in the coming years to, to virtual events and virtual meetings and things like that. Um, but they'll never be the same as being face to face and having that opportunity to to meet somebody you didn't know before and get into a conversation that you would never have. Even, even if you have all of the ways to facilitate those conversations, you're just not, you're not going to to choose to have the conversation, in my opinion, with that person you didn't know before you actually were in the same room with them. Uh, I I laugh at the way you characterize it as sort of like throwing a high school party because that's exactly the way uh, uh, my vice chair has been characterizing the the way he ends up feeling about all this and it's pretty (laughs) accurate. you know, and, and, and I, I do want to be careful about, I, I, you know, I, I do understand that, that there are people who have very good reasons for not for choosing to, to, to attend remotely. And, and if they do, there's going to be plenty of, of good content, absolutely, lots of, of good material for them, and they should attend, uh, remotely in that case. Um, but, honestly, you know, I mean, you said organizations. One of the things that kind of bothers me is that the, the organizational risk is, is pretty low, um, in my opinion, right? That that if you allow people to make the decision and the risk-benefit analysis for themselves, they'll make the right decision for themselves, right? Um, and, and organizations that have been dictating, no, you won't go, kind of kind of get my, kind of get me unhappy when when I think like what are are, are your employees not adults
0: right well and so yeah. I think people will make their own decisions. Some organizations, you're right, will will make decisions for their employees. Some of the rumors around those are not true. Uh, you know, trying to figure out who else is going to be there, you know, I, I want to make up my own mind and go, and, and I know it'll be worthwhile for me to be there. We were joking about parties. Intersect 360 Research will throw its usual Monday afternoon reception. Stand by for details on that. I'm sorry, I'm not ready to announce them as of this podcast, but you'll certainly see announcements from us and we'll do our other normal sc activities including special episodes of this week in hpc together with myself and tiffany trader of hpc wire uh, from st louis so i've been joined today by bronis Supinski, who's the sc21 general chair for a the most unusual sc conference since last year bronis thanks very much for joining me i'm excited to see you in st louis
1: well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure talking with you.
0: All right. Thanks, Bronis, and thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.